five seconds. He's going to throw it. Howard leaps. He has it. Touchdown, Carolina. Back from the dead to tie the game with two seconds to go. Snap back, spot down. The kick is cleanly away. It is good. And it's Carolina with yes, a 54-yard field goal. And how about them Tar Heels? They do it! Here's Kupak. Gives off to Amos. He's good! He's good! He's good! He's good! Unbelievable! Unreal! Jordan back to kick. It's blocked again. Picked up. It'll be a touchdown, Carolina, for Bracey Walker. He blocks his second punt. Bernard fields it at the 26, heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's gonna take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? This is the Heel Tough Blog Podcast on Spreaker.com. Hey guys, and welcome into this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. I'm Anthony Pagnata, as always, with you. On this edition of the podcast, we sit down with News and Observer's Jonathan Alexander to talk about what he saw at Saturday's spring game. But first, we had to apologize to him about something that may or may not have been our fault. I got to start out by apologizing to you because I did get you in a little bit of hot water sort of by accident the other day uh, with the spring game. Uh, there was one account on Twitter that put out a picture of the I, – it was really just the away side of the bleachers during the – I guess I, it was probably like 45 minutes before the game. And I know that you had rolled in and you were the guy that I had noticed had taken the picture because I had seen it on the timeline uh, earlier from you. And uh, I just – pointed out that that was a picture that was taken by you, a reporter, and people sort of ran with it that I was saying that you were basically the one that was trying to point out that there really weren't a whole lot of people there. Uh, I have to apologize because that's not what you were trying to do, and uh, I, I wanted to give you a chance to at least let people know that that was not what you were trying to do by taking that picture. You were just trying to show people that you were there. You were trying to show people just basically that it was sunny and, and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, just just like you said, you know, I, I do this at basketball games. You know, I show I always show up one to two hours early, and you know, not everybody knows. You know, I have my followers. My followers know I'm going to be there, but not everybody knows I'm going to be there. So I I like to take pictures and let people know that I'm at certain games, and so they can follow me for my coverage. And you know, that's what I was doing at the uh, game at the spring game just to let people know, because I hadn't covered much football since basketball season. And, um, you know, I, I guess somebody uh, stole the photo and tried to use it for their own purposes. And, um, you know, I don't know too much about that, but um, it was unfortunate. Um, you know, the photo was only for me to tell fans I was there and to ask them what they were looking for. So hopefully I could give them uh, what they were hoping for. Um, and it was unfortunate how it turned out, but, you know, I didn't have any. Um, negative attention. That's not how I operate. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a fair person. At least that's what I like to think, and I think other people think that as well. 
Well, that's why we wanted to have you on here because you are a fair person and we wanted a fair perspective on what we saw in at the spring game. And, you know, from a Carolina fan's perspective, you know, w- what can you really take away from what we saw in the spring game? Because it is kind of tough. It, you know, there's they're not going to show everything offensively or defensively. Um, so, I mean, when you when you come away from the spring game, I mean, was there any real storylines that you took away from it that stood out? You definitely make a good point. And, and the coach this week talked to the assistant coaches not too long ago, and, and they said that they were told not to pull out everything um, since the game was being televised. You know, but I, I think that there was some good that came out, of it, particularly with the quarterbacks. Uh, you know, the quarterback struggle last year that a lot of the side from Nathan Elliott, um, they were very young. Um, they, they got injured. Um, and you kind of wonder with their lack of experience with the, with the quarterbacks coming back, three guys, the two soft, well, two redshirt freshmen and, and freshmen, you kind of wondered how they would perform or how they would have improved this uh, spring. And, and, and they made some good throws. I thought all of them, um, Made some good throws. I thought uh, maybe Fortin didn't connect as much as he would have liked, but we know Fortin is capable. But Reuter really showed some good things, and Sam Howell uh, threw the ball um, pretty well. Uh, he made a few mistakes, but he—I mean—he looked good. You can tell their potential. Um, it's still early in the spring, so you really can't put much into it. The summer is really where it really gets kicked off. Uh, there were some things on the defensive side. They probably need some work as far as like pressure, getting pressure on the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Tar Heels, notably, are, are very thin in their front seven. Uh, they lose a lot of defensive linemen. Um, some linebackers have left too. Um, but you know, when the summer comes and the high school recruits come and, and maybe a few transfers, who knows? Uh, they'll be stocked up there, and and and, and they're hoping they can get rejuvenated there on their front seven because those, those are I think those are the two biggest things and then the one other thing I wanted to mention was uh, Javante Williams you know he looks a lot bigger than he was last year he says he feels a lot more comfortable with the offense and he's going to have himself a, a shot with Jordan Brown now transferring uh, so those are my three biggest takeaways from the spring game. Well, I'm glad you went into the backfield because, you know, looking at Javante Williams, he may have to have a little bit of a bigger role, as you mentioned, with Jordan Brown. But there is an injury to Michael Carter. It looks like it might be either his hand or his wrist. Did you possibly find out anything after the game or maybe in talking to the coaches as to what his status could be going forward and if he'll be ready for fall? Uh, it appears that it's, it's not um, much of a serious injury. Um, you know, it is an injury to his hand or his wrist, like you said. I saw mm-hmm. it was wrapped. Um, they didn't say much about it. Um, but um, he suffered a, a injury last year that kept him out for a few games. Um, it seems like an injury that could possibly heal up. But uh, the good thing is, you know, they, they do have two talented backs behind Carter who can fill in if he's not there. Um, Running back is definitely Carolina, I think, in my opinion, their uh, deepest position as far as talent goes. Um, You know, they have some really good players at running back. So, you know, I don't think Carter will be out long, um, but if he is out for a few games, I think uh, that Carolina fans need not worry because they have two good backs uh, in Antonio Williams and Javante Williams. 
Well, you talked about some of the depth issues, and really, you're right. The front seven does have a lot of depth issues, and I think that will probably be more of an issue when you get into the regular season. Really, on Saturday, the biggest depth issue was at safety, where Carolina only had two guys that were active, Bryson Richardson and Graham Eklund. Those were the only two guys that were out there for the entirety of the game at safety. There were times where they had to go with one high safety looks and bring in two nickels or bring in an extra linebacker. Um, you know, I, I know that a lot of people after the game were really critical of, of both Richardson and Eklund, but you know, I, I mean, there, there's a reason to give these guys a, a little bit of uh, a slack, considering that Bryson Richardson's a guy that played nickel last year and was moved to safety because of just the lack of depth there, and then Graham Eklund is a guy that is, you know, granted a JUCO transfer, but is is still a walk-on. So there, there's reasons that the, those guys, you know, should be given a little slack since they were forced into that role, right? Yeah, exactly. And and, and those guys really won't won't be the starters mm-hmm. uh, going into the season. Um, you got Miles Dorn, who's going to be a senior, who's really talented. He hasn't played all spring because of his injury. Mm-hmm. And then you have Miles Wilfolk, who's also been out, who will likely get the, uh, the most playing time uh, at safety. So, I mean, you have to kind of curb your expectations. Just like you said, you get, you got to walk on it. And guys who have been backups who haven't really played much, and this, this is a learning opportunity. And this is, you know, new coaches staff, they're still learning. Um, I don't think you can get too strung up on them. I think you, you should, probably should be worried about the depth um, in case those guys do get hurt again. Um, but uh, it, it appears that... that Miles Dorn is definitely on the men. I am not sure about Miles Wolfolk, but if if the Tar Heels can get those two players back, um, it'll be pretty big for them. Um, both of those players uh, showed some talent last year. Now, one of the other big position battles that everybody's going to be talking about when fall camp opens is that number two cornerback position because Nickelback is locked down with Trey Morrison, who really seems like he's probably on track to become a guy that could sneak into the second, possibly even the first round of the NFL draft whenever he comes out just because of what he's shown so far early in his career. And then Patrice Renee seems to have locked down that other outside spot at a really good close to last year and really did look good throughout all all of spring camp and in the spring game. But that number two cornerback position, Greg Ross was a guy that was highly criticized a year ago. And then you have Trey Shaw, who was the guy that now is seen as the main Tar, uh, the, the main target of most Tar Heel fans to start with C.J. Cotman and K.J. Sales both gone. I thought both of those guys had pretty solid days with uh, Greg Ross, I think, playing really, really well because the outside receivers, just looking at the starters, Bo Corrales and Diami Brown combined for just one catch. So what did you see from those two guys? And do you think that Greg Ross probably does hold a little bit of an advantage, if anything, just based on experience going into fall camp? I mean, I do, and I, I and Patrice Renee, and even Dre Bly, um, and a few others mentioned Greg Ross is having a big time, a big spring, and somebody who's really improved, who's using what happened last year as motivation because Tarios did struggle um, covering last year, especially when KJ Sales went out. You know, they struggled opposite of Patrice Renee. Renee, they got beat couple of times particularly against Syracuse um, who beat them long too many times mm-hmm. and you know you know coaches and, and teammates say that, that you know Greg Ross is taking that to heart um, 
and he put a lot of focus in the spring and he's prepared well, then he's, he's going to be a, a junior coming up. So um, he's going to have that experience. Uh, he's going to have that, that confidence. I think he's, I think he's going to end up based on what people are saying, he's probably going to end up being that person who solidifies that second corner uh, spot um, outside of outside corner spot outside of Renee. But that is a, I mean, that was one of the biggest concerns as far as depth at the cornerback position. You know, like you said, C.J. Cotman with the medical retirement Mm -hmm. and K.J. Sales having uh, decided to transfer. Um, You know, you got Storm Duck who returned a fumble for a touchdown. Mm -hmm. You know, they like they really like his motor as well. Uh, So you're going to have a lot of young players who have to grow up pretty quickly uh, if if the Tar Heels are going to be successful. And that seems like a theme really just about everywhere on the defense and especially a linebacker now. What did you make of the news on Tuesday that we heard, uh, or excuse me, on Wednesday that we heard um, with Kane Roberts and Kyle Wright both stepping away from the program following a spring game where, you know, they did see a little bit of action. Kane Roberts actually uh, had a pretty solid day for himself. Yeah, um, well, it's my understanding that um, North Carolina's coaching staff um, – wanted to go in a different direction um then with those uh then with uh Wright and uh and Roberts um so uh you know some unfortunate those two guys who, who who you know wanted to be on a team you know are no longer going to be able to play for the Tar Heels um you know I'm, I'm thinking that Mac Brown must have other options because you know you got two linebackers in a in a thin spot um, mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't, I'm not really sure what to to think there. I've got to talk to some people to find out, um, you know, what the backup plan for that is and, and what exactly happened there. But I do know that uh, Mac Brown and the staff decided they wanted to go in a different direction than those two those two players well yeah we will definitely see and it seems so far you know Mac Brown and his staff really have done a fantastic job of getting these guys ready uh, they showed some good things in the spring game especially offensively so we'll see what they're able to do there at linebacker I would expect uh, some early minutes for true freshman Kadri Jackson who's with the team in the spring and then Eugene Asante who will be a late enrollee in the fall so hey Jonathan uh, thank you so much man I know uh, you've been uh, uh, running around, you know, we talked a little bit about the Sylvia Hatcher story, but you're covering the Carolina Hurricanes and their run to the uh, through the Stanley Cup playoffs. And uh, who knows, man? Hopefully, you'll be uh, covering them for a little bit longer. Uh, it's a great story, and uh, me being a New York Ranger fan, uh, I am not a Capitals fan. I'll tell you that much. So uh, we are rooting for you to be able to cover this team a little bit longer, and uh, we hope to see you on there more talking about uh, the Hurricanes, but definitely talking about the Tar Heels. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. All right, Jonathan. You have a great day, man, and we'll talk to you down the line, okay? All right, you too. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. I want to thank Jonathan for stopping by and talking with us. He has been extremely busy with everything that's been going on in the Triangle area sports-wise, so we thank him for carving out some time, and we thank you for carving out some time to listen to this edition of the podcast. If you like what you hear, you can go to Spreaker, iTunes, Google Play, Google uh, Podcasts now, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn.com, 
Radio.com or the TuneIn app or just about anywhere else that has podcasts and you will find the Heel Tough Blog podcast. The other place that you can check it out is www.heeltoughblog.com. You can check out the blog there as well, which has moved full time to the website now. And uh, if you guys like it, go ahead and scroll down to the bottom of the page and you can find where you can subscribe to the newsletter that we will send out around bi-weekly. That's kind of limited by the Wix website that we run our website through. So we can't put it out every week, but we try to put it out just about every two weeks or whenever we have a big week such as this past week with the spring game. So once again, want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. (laughs) 